We need to talk to Jeff. He, someone just needs to ask him one time. It could, it could just be in a in one of those giant bomb late night everyone's on a couch things. <laughs> Ask Jeff Keeley just like, yo, let's take this to Atlanta. Let's make it a freak Nick too. And I just want to see him look, react to that. <laughs> look, I I don't think it's giant well, bomb anymore. Like with Nick. with uh, Gertzman doing his own thing, Gertzman could now do these things more yeah, often. We don't need Shit. Jeff anymore. That's true. We have the other Jeff. I, you know what? I I know for a fact for sure. Gertzman would be one hundred percent down with bringing it back to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Freak Nick Fart 2. Let's go, Gershman. I mean, I feel like he'd be asleep at like 930, but... You're right. He's an old man now. I feel like he would still be down to facilitate. He'd, he'd be there watching the stories the next morning, though. Right. We need a games a games journalist, Cody Rhodes. And, Jared, you know what I'm talking about. You know, someone yeah. who is a, a white guy who is like... Going to be the one. Is it wait? Is it Riker? Now that Riker's back, now that Riker got freed from the from the WWE, I mean, it, is it, it Riker? I mean, effectively, I, it depends. I feel like I don't know that Dan Riker like left the Fed and he was more motivated or woke than he like approached it with. That's true. Could be. But this is still a man who got married to talk about. Like. <laughs> I respect he is still that, a bit though. of a meme. A I respect. Meme. It. I. I I told somebody I think he's he is the smartest dumb person I've ever met in my life. Like legitimately he's definitely smart. in the running for sure. <laughs> but he's just <laughs> so dumb things. And I'm like I'm uh, what can I say? I'm not throwing any rocks at Dan Record. I I like Dan Record. It's hard to dislike Dan Record, I think. Yeah. Especially depending on the the distance you have from Dan Record. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine me personally, I can't imagine putting a whole lot of responsibility or personal need in the and like Dan supplying something for me personally. Like I don't rely <laughs> on Dan Record for really anything, which means I can enjoy Dan Record basically unabridged. Right. And just be fine with whatever comes out of there. Yeah. Like I will never be disappointed by a Dan Record take because I didn't expect really anything in the first place. I don't know. I mean, if he I the only thing would be like if he did something like wildly racist? I'd be like, "Damn, man!" <laughs> I feel like was... he's not capable. Of I don't it, think though, he's right? capable I, of that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think if anything he'd do, it'd be accidentally. <laughs> he just like yeah. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He lived in like a small place for you know 30 years of his life, and then like that his the the last half of his life has been just exposure to exactly. Shit. Man didn't have mac and cheese until he was an adult. Like I'm sure right. he's missed a lot. <laughs> the egg white story. I tell people all the time, it's like, that's the perfect, like, I <laughs> do not eggshells was egg whites, which, you know. It just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Here's the thing. It does make sense if no one told you how eggs work. <laughs> sure. But it's, I, I guess I can't imagine living in a place. Where no one tells you how eggs where work. Where no one tells you how eggs work. Yeah. Or like, at or some point. you don't point, encounter it personally. Like, that too. Point, like, he's probably on. never cooked an egg until he found that out. Or like, well, touched an egg. It's like crazy. <laughs> At or some point, I would have looked at a book and like, <laughs> how do I make egg whites? I don't, I don't know. know how I learned the like what the parts of an egg were. Mm. But I can't imagine going this far and not knowing it. Mm. Now, I'm, I can't yeah, imagine yeah. going half as far and not knowing it. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is one of those I, things you learn through osmosis. And osmosis only happens with your surroundings. And if your surroundings are vastly different, then I just I boom. think that's the thing. I just can't imagine the surroundings where you don't learn that by osmosis. <laughs> it's less that I, mean, I can uh, imagine the surroundings. It's more that 
I know that they have to exist somewhere. And he just happens to be the person who is in them. <laughs> True. Yeah. Fair. It's one of those where every single possibility exists somewhere. I don't know. I, I feel like as we go, uh, and this is the thing, uh, we're just coming in right here. I'm not even doing a countdown. Welcome to the thing. Uh, me, TL, joined by Emmett, by Jared. Uh, we talking shit about people. <laughs> not really. <laughs> we're not really talking negative about anybody. No, it's not. Listen, Dan, if you're listening, I know you are. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Who doesn't just, love Dan? I think that was like that's literally your per, like point. Like, who doesn't yeah. love Dan Reichert? Exactly. We're about the Wendy Williams him right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I only have that on my brain because that show's literally getting canceled this Friday. Is really? it really? Yeah, last episode's this Friday. I just I'm scrolled past that on made Reddit. It this far, I'll be honest with you. What yeah, me the too. What is going on between Wendy Williams and Maury? Like, what are you going to watch when you have nothing to do yeah. at like? Twelve like o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know what? You know what you're what? gonna do? You're gonna open up TikTok and scroll for three hours. That That's is what fair, people do fair. now. That that trash level of entertainment that was fulfilled by the Wendy Williams and Amaris of the world. That's just TikTok, man. Watching drug cartel videos and have no context for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm part of a cartel too. POV, you're part of a cartel. Um, <laughs> Shout out to oh uh, Wendy Williams for surviving, like, literally almost dying on her show. Like, at least twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, she, she passed like, out that crazy, one time. Like, oh, yeah. I saw, like, almost seizure thing, like, on, like live. Yeah. Man, that video's still out there me. somewhere. It's very... It's weird, because you never think of, like, Wendy Williams being vulnerable in any way, which is, like, mm. you know, bad to say, but it's also, like, she just puts herself in a position where she's always the quote-unquote aggressor, because she talks a lot of shit. And then that happens live on air, and you're like, "That is surreal to see." Yeah, it's it, your whole brand is like being professionally messy to a point where you're you're not. I don't want to say immune to criticism because she isn't, but she just doesn't acknowledge any of it. So, and it doesn't, exactly. and the criticism doesn't affect her output. So it's interesting to, to like you said, like watch them almost like a moment of vulnerability in this person that you kind of only expect one kind of thing from, right? I mean, it's and like uh, washed away immediately and she went back to the bullshit. Yeah, it's like uh, when Stephen A. Smith got COVID, right? And he got COVID really bad. Mm-hmm. And you're like, like oh, yeah, yeah, Stephen A. Smith was like down. Oh, bad Stephen. Yes, yeah. yeah, Stephen A. Smith like had COVID really bad. And you're like, oh man, it's like this Stephen A. Smith. Like you feel bad for him. Like I don't, I don't know how I think about a world without Stephen A. Smith. Within two, three weeks later, he's still Stephen A. Smith on TV. Yeah. And it's just like ah, there it is. It's interesting to watch, you know, like the caricatures of your life be exposed <laughs> as human every once in a while. Yeah. But no, like, again, Stephen A. Smith, you listen to this, I'm not talking shit about you. I love Stephen A. Smith. Um, actually, but fuck think... you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I love, you know Stephen like a cousin. Um, but no, um, but I, I do think it's, like, very interesting. I, I think it's very interesting. Just, like, I got into, I've been getting into, like, these weird fights with people and a very specific Facebook group, the Laser Talk Community Facebook group. I'm just calling them out. <laughs> uh, just like all people have been talking shit about basketball lately, so I've just been thinking. I've just been in my in my mind just about like like a lot of people don't like Stephen A. Smith. Like if we ask like a normal gamer, like what do you think about Stephen A. Smith? It's like oh he's the meme guy, but like the games industry could use a Stephen A. Smith. Like if, if that makes any sense, like someone hmm. who is like. Like Who a loud, is, outspoken dude. I think almost so. like embraces it to the point of villainy. Like he kind right. of isn't 
like it's not uh, that Stephen A. Smith is wrong necessarily, but he doesn't have to have the guy. He doesn't have to be the guy with his opinions the way he delivers them. He knows exactly right. what people are looking for out of him, and that's not organic necessarily. I think there's a manufacturer point. Yeah. He's like almost like the the opposite of Stuart Scott, who was like just the com- he was dude. like competent, poised. Like his whole thing was, I'm going to be just as good as far as respectability, quote unquote, as the white dudes on this show. But I'm also going to drop like '90s rap references, right? Hmm. And start and really invent that whole process of turning of turning my commentary over clips into pop culture references, right? Um, Stephen A. Smith is like that, but what if that was J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, what was yeah. that the bad guy, right? And I, Thank but you like, are. like you said, I think, I mean, he said it in multiple interviews. He's like, you know, hey, the TV's on, the TV's on. But like, think about like how cool Jason Schreier would be. <laughs> Jason Schreier would like, was bringing this stuff up. And like, yeah, I said it. Come, you want to come talk to, come talk to me about it. Like, you know, like, I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, okay, Jason, I get it. I get I mean, it. I just... In a way, I think the problem is Jason does attempt. He is in some time in that position sometimes, but it's always mm. like the wrong position. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like he, he is, you know, a, an elder statesman in the in the job. One of the one of the few journalists doing journalism in games because there's a lot of not that that yeah. it's really just blogging. Um, yeah. But he's doing real journalism. But I think he's also not always the most qualified person to talk on the subject, but yeah. ends up being the person talking the loudest about the subject and gets exposed a lot in that way. Um, but does not have the poise of a Stephen A. Smith when he is the person doing that. And it's wrong. Like when he was like anytime he covers MMA, it's hilarious because <laughs> right. <laughs> you clearly know that he's just a fan. He, he doesn't have the knowledge or like the expertise or the insight like he does in NBA or even football when it applies to MMA. Mm. But he will speak on MMA like he does. So a lot of people who do are like, why is this guy talking about this thing? And yeah. on, instead of him backing down, he almost is like super Stephen A. Smith when he's talking about MMA or boxing. Mm. Um, because he knows that he that people don't think he belongs there, so he's just like, this is exactly the people I need to trigger now. Right. Yeah. I just if, say, if Jason Stryer was like, I'm going to trigger these people now. Yeah, they're never, never there. If like, I use they... that word in real life, I would be so terrified. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh no, this week on Twitter is going to be awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look, I think I think trick like words like triggered woke like they don't mean they literally don't mean anything anymore, um, especially when it comes from like the gamer sphere. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it would be wouldn't it be cool like if Jason Schreier was just like, you know what, Activision doesn't like me. I don't like Activision. Like, fuck you. No, I did say blah blah blah, and I did say fuck Bobby Cody. Oh, like Kotaku like, Bethesda a while man. back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kotaku the, the, Bethesda beat is legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think I think when it comes to like being anti corporate, Jason Schreier is pretty reliable. It's just the problem is when you're talking about the the intricacies of workers rights and all the ways that intersects i think he has a perspective of particular ways that intersects and a bad perspective on the other ones yeah. like when people have like anti-gun conversations uh the thing that makes the left look like the worst when it comes to talking about guns is like nobody in the left knows anything about guns right like we know what they do but we don't know anything about them and when you have to when you're arguing a uh, a party full of people who are experts in it even if you have the right end goal, if you don't know the terms, you're gonna get, they're gonna treat you like a baby because you're not yep. talking their language. 
I think if Schreier has that problem, if he, if he has a problem, it's that. Yeah. I think that that then opens or, or even points out the, the need for a, a version of him that has at least some sort of intersectionality, at least can recognize it. Yeah. I think I wish some of these like blogger or these podcast dudes were that like where they don't even need to have the air of like professionalism or oh yeah, yeah. or even like credentialed like journalism like mm. Schreier is shackled by the by journalistic like ethics right some people don't have to be like you're right I'm waiting for I well Gershman. Andy Cortez to like get called up. <laughs> Yeah, out of kind of funny and like ascend to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I feel like he could be something. I I don't think he's interested in doing that, but I think he's the perfect person to be someone like that. Yeah, I mean, I I I think. I mean, you have Gersman, right? And like that's the threat. Like Jeff Gersman. Yeah, Gersman was that for a long time, but he's not. He's not bombastic enough. He's not Stephen Smith. He's just. Yeah. A grumpy old dude has been doing it for 30 he'll, years. He'll talk. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. it is. He'll talk his shit, but he won't be bombastic about it. He will just be like, it is what it is, is how I feel. <laughs> like, and very like, matter of fact. That's true, and, we're, and we need that. We just need an anger translator for him. Yeah. <laughs> a Luther. Turn it to content. Just <laughs> get a Luther. Uh, Good God. But yeah. Um, yeah, this is gonna be the first time we do one of these where we actually talk about games, the thing that we that we all kind of know about because the key threes, Keeley threes, Jeff Keeley, Summerfest, SummerSlam, Bonanza. Yeah, uh, Keeley me softly. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh it happened. It was a thing. I thought it I will say, before I talk shit on you, Jeff, and again, Jeff, we like we say with everybody, I love you, Jeff. Don't don't give out of me, Jeff Keeley. Please invite me to your other big hangout with all the games industry people um, i like canada too <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i thought it like i thought it was actually i thought it was handled pretty well for it to not be easy for it to be a very much not e3 i thought it was very handled handled very well i thought everything flowed really great um i thought they did a really good job making sure times work ridiculous like one of my biggest gripes about e3 would be like i have to take time off of work to watch everything because y'all just decided to do everything in two in two days but again i get it because you got everybody there like hey we want you to see the games right yeah. um but i thought it was i thought it was actually handled pretty well i thought the summer fest thing was okay but then you know you had the microsoft Bethesda and capcom decided they don't like me and i get that i don't like y'all either but you know <laughs> i thought it was uh i thought it was pretty fun i thought it was pretty fun what do you guys think about that um, I, I've talked about this a lot on Twitter, but yeah, I thought Jeff Keighley's thing was pretty good. Um, I, I hate this whole instinct to be like, I know what other people think. So let me converse that. Um, but just to th- say my thoughts specifically, I thought it was good considering the fact that this year feels like the year that COVID delays finally caught up to the release calendar. Um, and so with that in mind, it's great that we got to see as many games as we did. Um, I, I, there's a lot of stuff on here I'm excited for. Of course, Callisto Protocol. I, I'm i a pretty big Dead Space fan, but I, even I was surprised at how much I'm into that game. Like, I, I'm starting to realize I'm not a gore person. Like, if I see a live-action horror movie or something, can't do it. It's squeamish, can't do that. But if it's in a video game, I'm all for it. I was over there Fuck cheering. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the, I don't know, the reality of it isn't setting in the same way. 
But when Homeboy got caught in that fan in that demo, I was like, oh my god, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, excited for that one. Excited for a bunch of stuff on here. I, if there's one critique I can make, it's a critique I didn't have until the Xbox conference. I wish Jeff leaned more on indies because I think if he filled out a lot of that interview time with like two or three more independent <clears throat> games, I think there's plenty that he could have had on there that would have made a really interesting showcase, would have excited people, would have engaged people. Because uh, it seems like he only had one or two indies here or there where he could have he could have had half the conference be indies. And that's what Xbox did, and it was a great show. So that's like my main critique. But other than that, really good show. Solid. I like traditionally don't like conferences. Mm. I think the more I've actually worked in the Viz, the more I've disliked them. Mm. Uh, I don't even watch them unless someone's paying me to at this point. <laughs> but Fair. I, for this, I think there's two things that sort of stuck out to me. One, this is the first time there's been a physical component to this to these Keelys. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, they swooped in the first time E3 got canceled. The physical got canceled, and it just turned into like an online, you know, trailer fest. Basically, this yeah. is the first time people had to fly somewhere and like take actual demos. Um, and that seemed to go pretty well, according to the people that are there. Yeah. Um, so this make this means that this is like not going anywhere. No. Nope. It seems like this is real now. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, there's like a lot of games that made a debut this weekend. Like a lot yes. of things we hadn't seen before, which is kind of how you, the lack of that in the past, you know, several years is i think a contributing factor to my sort of waning interest in these things is because chances are you're just going to see the same game a couple times mm-hmm. every year until it actually comes out because a triple a game that everyone cares about takes so long to make that it's not it, it's not being surprising when you saw a trailer for that game in multiple conferences back to back right um and that's not to say that this won't be true for several of the games we saw this weekend but i think I at least saw a dozen games I had never heard of before. Right. That look like that are big that look bigger than your average indie game. Like yeah. Some some medium at least medium budget ass games look like they're coming out. Um or Rage have been Fire. worked on, been been in the trenches being worked on for the past couple of years. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that's interesting. That means like this this gen we're in might actually mean something soon. Cause a lot <laughs> of people have Xbox Series X's and S's and PS5s and have been playing one new game, one big new game a year, and then got kind of just been an indie machine for $550, um, which I don't care about. That's fine for me. Right. But um, if there was, you know, an old school sort of attachment to gen related, like watching the next step of games or whatever, this is the closest that has felt like for this particular generation of consoles at least. Hmm. Of course, it's different now because PC is way more, a way bigger thing than it was even in, you know when the PS4 launched. There's there's a lots of ways to play a video game now. Um, game Pass wasn't a thing really until you know the past four years. Maybe Game Pass really turned into like an option. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these Xbox games are going to launch on Game Pass. Right. So the, like the the. The way you sell a game to someone in a convention is way different now than it would be, you know, three years ago. Um, so, in a meta sense, it's interesting to watch all of this kind of happen. But at the end of the day, I saw all these updates in review, in like 
update like our, our like articles that collected all the updates and, and yeah. YouTube videos. I did not watch these things live. Yeah. Um, I mean I would I I think I I think I stepped in on two pressers. I watched the Xbox deal, um and I watched the Capcom deal, which I really wish I wouldn't have. Yeah, um, that Capcom one was it didn't need to be a whole thing for that information. <laughs> I mean that like Jared said, like I I mean I've been covering these now for over ten years, right? Like I've been doing these since two thousand nine. Um and you can only like I have gotten to the part where like I definitely have seen stuff that's been like, oh shit, like I'm super excited about it. Like I remember the E three when Shenmue got leaked beforehand and being like, Oh, what? And then jumping on when PlayStation had that trailer and uh uh kickstarting that game and wasting sixty dollars. Um I, <laughs> I remember that, right? But like I'm a lot Jared, I'm with you. I like watching the show because I, as a fan of like, of just like how media portrays stuff, right? It's almost to me, it's like watching a Wrestle Kingdom, like the Wrestle Kingdom openings. Like if you guys have never seen Wrestle Kingdom openings, they are like whatever you think of like a Tekken opener or anything like that. Are these like these quick, like clip, uh, clip like openings that do this whole thing behind like. It's really good music, and that's what like I look at these trailer releases are right. I, I've even gotten, I even find like being super snarky during the press conferences like that's also boring to me now because like yeah, how many times can you tell the same joke? Uh, <laughs> which you know, unfortunately, that's where where it goes. Um, but I still like I I still enjoy watching it. I do still like to be like I said, just like with any kind of medium, like be uh surprised with something like i was very hyped when i saw episode of three portable was coming out oh, yeah. and apparently people were talking about that earlier today but i don't i don't scour twitter like that during days like this i like i'm very i'm very like twitter excuse me i'm very like twitter silent until the event happens and then going in i had to turn off the thing too because i know people were there seeing it live and they were seeing it earlier like i would look up and then khalif would be tweeting something and then like within like like three or four minutes later, I see it on the screen. I'm like, all right, dog. Like, I get it. You were there. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't see it, man. Like, let me enjoy this thing. Um, but like, I. But also, I mean, the Xbox thing is very interesting because they're saying everything is within the next six, uh, next you know, twelve months. But just like Jared said, like, how how excited can you be about a thing? that probably won't be here for another three or four years, right? Like, I, I think in one of my groups, we just talked about uh, the uh, Metroid Prime. Like, it's like, hey, it's been five years since that Metroid Prime 4 image has gone up. You know, like, oh, you can you can only be but so happy about stuff, right? So I definitely understand that. I just, like I said, I, I like that there was something that was E3, but I also like that it was spread out, that I didn't have to sit down and watch ea and then whatever the fuck fever dream that ubisoft was going to put out or like stuff like that like i i didn't have to go through that slog which that like i agree with you completely and i'm really glad i like i joked about wanting to go there and i want to go there because i want to see my friends but i don't want to cover a summer games fest just like i don't want to cover e3 because i've had to cover those and doing so much work like specifically like 10 15 hour days 
within like a three or four day period yeah. when you're taking a break off of work like that can change you that experience completely so i i definitely understand that and i definitely agree with you on that i think i like this model if it helps spread out what e3 is i think that's what's important because if we don't have to do e3 so confined in these five days because you rented out the la convention center away from a freaking uh stadium that's going to have a basketball game potentially like i think that <laughs> makes it a lot easier yet another reason why i should be moving this stuff back to atlanta look i like the yeah. hawks they're not going to the yeah, nba the finals anytime soon exactly <laughs> we won't need that stadium <laughs> so we don't need that stadium but i i do like you know having it a chance to breathe i think that will take away a lot of that like burnout but i absolutely do feel that like when you're going through especially like when you're covering them for a job and it's all right monday here's three pressers tuesday here's five pressers and it's the same thing and it's the same canned speeches and not fun at all <clears throat> just to slog through yeah i can't get excited about it anymore and i think i don't know if it's because i like like everybody went through the the phase of looking forward to these things to really like this was like Christmas almost <laughs> yeah. like in, in a certain way. Like this is an event everyone gets around and we wait for the thing that we all get excited about. And I think, you know, part of it is like just video games discourse can be jading and exhausting yeah. already. Um, a lot more people are talking about games than they ever have. And they're all saying the same things these days. Yeah. So it's like, is, is there a conversation really for me to have? I don't know. Um, I can get there. I can get the whole vibe of the show based on the conversation of the show, and not have to have seen anything about the show to know that I'll be like eighty percent correct right about what happened there. Um, which is not a great feeling, but also if you just treat it like an informational thing, which is what it is, mm. um, it's hard to be really disappointed because what you're looking for is what's coming out and when, ultimately me if you don't have a date then i don't care and that's not a fault on the developer or the publisher it's just you're not unless i unless i can put you on a calendar i can't put you in my brain right now. right um there are very few things that would change that. that like i don't know what game could announce and and i would be hype about it necessarily like just by the announcement trailer. If a game gets a date, then we can talk a little bit more about my excitement about it. But I don't know. Maybe if maybe if there's a finally a Vagrant Story sequel, I'd be excited about it. That See, somebody else plays well, with this game. Well, and um, they 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 what? Just stealth drop that freaking tactic ogre? Yeah, they're like, oh they're my like, god. Yeah, that was an accident. <laughs> yeah, they someone put that up too early because it's down now, and it said and dummy just... in the description too. <laughs> yeah that was us we were the dummy yeah we were like, the <laughs> for real. believing it's real <laughs> um it's weird that like you said like if this is a if this is an opportunity to, to make the event season longer than hmm. uh, or at least less condensed and this is a, a net positive and that's kind of true but it's weird that we watched event season happen without having to be in a place and have it be centralized by an or a singular organization we watched it happen for years Mm. And what we've whiplash back to as soon as we could was the same thing, basically. This yeah. isn't that different than E3, except it's over more days. Right. Um, it's weird, like like the democratization of all of these publishers and developers deciding to do their own shows. Instead of just like 
deciding that they don't all have to do them next to each other. Like you can pick any day if you're big enough. They've all still just are still deciding to just pick the same days. Yeah. And I don't know like when someone's going to be brave enough to be like, we're going to do ours in August. And we don't really care what everybody else is going to do. I'll tell you right now, THQ Nordic is that one. They are literally. I, True. I, THQ yeah, it is. did that last yeah. year, too. They're like, yeah, well, yeah. it's September and no one's talking about games. So. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's like warm. what Nintendo does, right? Like Nintendo. Right. Nintendo, great example. Nintendo's just like. direct every two months. <laughs> yeah. <It's> that. <laughs> like, they don't even tell you when they're coming up. They're like, oh, next week we have a direct. Like, oh, you, you were, you, you got time? You got time? Okay. We're going to drop this stuff. No, yeah. you ain't got to be here. Like, we're, it's we're gonna be 20 minutes and here it is. <laughs> Sony tried to do that, and they're bad at them pretty pretty consistently. Well, they uh, when when Nintendo does a direct, there's so many things that it could be to where even if it's one of those things, people walk away happy. When right, Sony does a yeah. direct, because they're so close with third parties, it could be nothing but Valkyrie profile for 20 minutes, and most people will be mad. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now like, I will say, I will say, because uh, we can we can shift into stuff I didn't like there. I, I don't. Y'all are y'all are way more into the Sony stuff than I am. I'm not. Ooh, I just me. don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't understand what the fuck they're doing. I really don't, man. Like this, the new PlayStation Plus thing. Oh, is yeah. real stupid. I really think it's. I really think it's a bad deal. Like the more I look into it, and the more I'm trying to be like, well, this is just like Game Pass. It's not. It really isn't. And like they're really whack. Like response of like, oh well, you know, we want to. We want people to pay for games. It's like, dog, if your game is good enough, you'll pay for it. I've bought Citizen Sleeper three separate times. They're playing it on Game Pass, right? Like, if your game is good enough, I'm going to buy it. You know, I, I just, I literally don't understand what their whole deal is, what they're doing with Game Pass. Especially, not Game Pass, but with PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Or, like, New Plus or whatever they want to call it. Especially, like, after these fools, after I don't have a PS5, and I was like, oh, I canceled my PSN, and they still hit me for 60? They still got me for my lick? I'm like, dog, okay. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't like this because I don't, I don't like what you guys are doing. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been hopping into the PlayStation Plus offerings, and it's... um. I mean, here's the thing. I'm a weirdo. People know that. Um, if you don't, hey, guys, I'm a weirdo. Um, I like all the weird, bad games. Like, PlayStation Now, I was subscribed to that, mainly because they just had... Well, they had a couple interesting games, but I was subscribed to it to just see what was up with it. And it had all these obscure PS3 games. Like, all it had Magus on there. It had Africa on there. It had all this shit that no one cares about, no one talks about. And that's kind of my jam. I'm not say I'm not gonna sit here and say oh I'm gonna play these to completion, but I like just for an hour or two just seeing what the weird obscure corners of the gaming marketplace looks like. Um, now with this new version, they deleted a fuck ton of those PS3 streaming games. So like you can't play Killzone one through three anymore. You can't play the PSP God of Wars anymore, um, and a lot more a lot more of the obscure ones. Just PS3 streaming, they're all gone. But they replaced it with a lot more PS4 and PS5 games. So like, yeah, you can't stream this random obscure PS3 game, but now they have like, what is it? Outcast Second Encounter, a game no one cares about. You can download that and play it now. Um, and they have like all these other obscure games that are downloadable natively on the console now. Um, and that's good. And a lot of those are including some really solid indies. Uh, I saw Foreclose I've been wanting to play for a long time. That's in there now, uh, PS4 and 5 version. So. That's kind of the bonus on there. Uh, and overall, I'll be honest, I am pretty positive 
on the service now that it's here, now that I'm able to check through all the games here, I am negative on the third tier because Essential is the same thing that we had. Extra is their Game Pass equivalent where they have all the extra PS4, PS5 games you can download. The premium is where they're like, oh, here's all of our classics. You are getting... So the classics tier, this premium tier, costs more than Game Pass does. You're getting nothing compared to that Game Pass price. <laughs> like Game Pass, yes, you have all those games. Yes, you have all those classic games as well. Play them on your phone. Play them on PC. You know, you can do anything, go anywhere with these games. For premium, you're getting access to like what six PS1 games, one <laughs> PSP game. Want to um, play Jumping Flash for the five hundredth time? Damn. Exactly. And then not <laughs> and then not even all of them have trophy support if you're someone who cares about that. And then on top of that, they're like, all right, we don't have any classics. We need to bolster up our classics library. Let's include any PS4 remaster of a PS3 game. Let's include any re- let's include Mafia remake. Let's include remakes now too. Like they're just like uh, very obviously inflating the catalog so that they can take it, take advantage of the nostalgia of people because if you if you've been a PlayStation fan for a long time, they're gonna just poke at your pockets here to take advantage of the fact that you want to play these old games, and also just to justify, they probably feel like they need to put a higher price on streaming since that is probably a costly effort for them to keep continuing to do, especially with these old ass PS3 consoles. So yeah, it, it's and I'm sour on that. Right, point. like it's probably mm-hmm. expensive, and you're probably paying more to stream. That's just yeah. across the board. I yeah. don't own an Xbox. I own Game Pass. I can play every Xbox game on Game Pass because if it's not natively for my PC, I can stream it on my PC. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to describe to anyone. If I went back in time five years and told that to me five years ago, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on in 2022? <laughs> and I wouldn't tell them about the pandemic part. I'd make that a little surprised. <laughs> put stock I in think... Microsoft and <laughs> that's no, it. No, put stock in GameStop and then leave at this true. exact yeah. moment. Yeah. By by just a little bit of GameStop. What do you mean? Bye. <laughs> I think the I, Sony's in a weird position because I don't think there's any way to please everyone right. with their attempt to go backwards. They also have no interest in doing so. Right. Because the profit incentive for them is we don't care about these old games, actually. Uh, if you if you like my old shit, buy the old album. Right. And true. they've said explicitly, like, that's expensive. You're probably not going to buy them, which is definitely true because mm-hmm. we don't. And we're just going to focus on the new shit because that's what you actually buy, which is definitely true because that's what they do. Right. Uh, they're the leading console manufacturer on the planet for a reason. Um, but ironically, like you said, they're spending a lot of time trying to make this like nostalgia bait, but they do it in such a weird way because it's very easy to like bait people with nostalgia if you're Sony, because the PS2 is like one of the most prolific consoles ever. Yeah. Exactly. And it's full of nonsense, like 2000 games full of people, like things that anyone in this target age bracket of like the 30s to 40s guy who played these games before as a child will want to have access to will pay stupid amounts of money to just have just to be able to say that they can play them not that they'll actually do it right and i guess to them the prophet tim ryan's doing the math in his brain saying well how many of those people will actually pay like 150 dollars for this or whatever it would cost for them to do that um that kind of sucks because 
that means it'll never happen unless unless the money is like we need we need epic games fortnite money to justify doing all this back end work you'll never that's that's a unrealistic price but what that also means is like entire old generations of games just don't see the light of day really or if you if they do it's it's based on some weird set of boxes that has that has to check for sony for 2022 sony right even though the people who want that grew up at like you know 2002 sony or whatever uh it's impossible to like convince them that like this is something that's necessary for a particular sort of people that will definitely spend the money on it. Yeah. Um, but it's weird that then that they even tried like because yeah. this isn't doing it either. Like yeah, it's such a half step. What they've yeah. decided to do doesn't do anything for anyone, uh, especially if like you're in your premium tier, you're just letting them play games that they could have streamed. Right a month ago or or like you said streamed a month ago or like realistically playstation games like even like the very rare ones are not expensive like comparatively right like if i want to go play um if i want to go play earthbound right now right that's an 80 dollar cartridge yeah if it's like you know out of the box like if i want to go actually get the cartridge of earthbound i can go get like legend of dragoon or like a like a rare playstation game i might have to spend like i think at the most like maybe 60 60 70 bucks right you don't want mint or something you just yeah you just want something to you want the disc to play it's not you you would probably pay way more physically at an antique store i don't know what it would take for them to emulate that but if they charge 20 bucks for it they'd probably buy it yeah I've bought, I bought Wild Arms three for twenty bucks. Like, I own Wild Arms three, like the disc. It's in my closet. But I didn't want to then have to figure out does my PlayStation two still work? I don't fucking know. Right. I just yeah. bought it again. I mean, yeah. I think it's like I, I think in my household, I literally have bought, have bought Chrono Cross, on three separate things. One is on a PlayStation. What is on a what is on a Switch? Because I wanted it on a Switch, and what was on my Xbox? Mainly because I was so busy, and I was just like, I want to play it on my in my room on my Xbox. So I did. Um, but there are people like me who are who are who are like wild, and you're gonna do these things. But then like the stuff that you do push for is like, hey, Naughty Dog, why don't you release The Last of Us Part One, a game that is very easy to get re-release it that you know like and i i i don't like to because i'm not pretending to the fact like i know how marketing trends work i had to tell somebody in my friend groups like hey the thing is there are people who have not played the last of us who are going to watch that show on hbo and are going to be like oh that's the last of us there's a game based on that i'm going to play that but at the same time like you said jared like i i i just think that it would cost less money instead of rehauling and redoing last of us even if you're building off of old material you you did what i take from neil Druckmann saying is like they actually went in and retooled and rebuilt stuff in that engine to make it work better for the ps5 to like making the uh crash bandicoot remake actually playable (laughs) like or (laughs) you know or like those jack and daxter games man uh, that's another thing Naughty Dog did that you guys just 
threw away? What if you just remade those and made those look good? At least a and second so, one. Or so even playable play in one yeah. place. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the thing. We don't need to make these things look like games we play today. We just need to make them so you can play them today. Like, right. This need, this need to fucking George Lucas your old shit all the time is so weird now. Like, and it's and you find it very, very common in games that are trying to be movies a whole lot. Like, yeah, it's no it's no surprise to me that The Last of Us has been remade, been remastered once, and then upraised again, and now getting remade completely in nine years because that's the game that wanted to be a movie to begin with, and mm. is going to be a movie now or a TV show now. Like this this chase to to do to to, to chase fidelity, is, right? crazy to me like if people saw the tv show and was like i would like to play this thing now you can just give them the 2013 video game or the 2016 remake or remaster it doesn't look like the humans on real tv because it's not real humans on real tv it's a video game from seven years ago that's how this works and i feel like normal people would just be fine with that yeah like if I went and played Sonic 2, it's not going to look like Sonic in the movie I just saw. <laughs> Knuckles isn't going to sound like Idris Elba. I'm, I'll be fine. Not me personally, because I'm playing Sonic. But right. someone who wanted to would be fine. See, part No of one's me... remaking Sonic and putting Idris Elba's voice in all of it. Like, we figured <laughs> out that sometimes old games are just fucking old. Like that, though. I don't know how we're losing that. And Sony should not be the people who are, I don't know, flagshipping this because they have so many old games and like the, the incentive to make them available shouldn't be can we sell this in other markets that aren't video games and right. if we re- and the only way we're going to do that is if we remaster it like i don't want brave friends or mishashi remastered no i just want to fucking play it exactly it is, I, I don't need to have i don't want to have to convince you that you can make a tv show on it for me to be able to play it at all i would just like to go to my console that i spent 600 dollars on and just download it that'd be really cool yeah wait till they put out another twisted metal just for that show um, just for the show yeah just yeah. metal blast gonna be remastered for this <laughs> gonna, yo what i want to actually real quick before we get yeah. off because you brought twisted metal and jared's here and i want to talk about it yo how are you going to have Samoa joe be the body be the body model <laughs> and not, not have Samoa joe the smoothest mother like Samoa God. joe and low-key should just be voices anyway but like you couldn't just make Samoa Joe sweet tooth like uh, sweet tooth sweet tooth actually has a name but it's sweet tooth like it should just be Samoa Joe. I wonder though like because sweet tooth has never been like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's voice is so distinct that he kind of has to be weird characters to be acting. Like, yeah, mm. he has to be King Shark or he's just Samoa Joe. Yeah. And I don't know that Sweet Tooth just saying things like Samoa Joe would. would yeah, like, Sweet Sweet Tooth it, isn't a flat enough character for Samoa Joe to just put on to just that come mask and, and that work. out real quick. Like he, yeah, Sweet Tooth's <laughs> just the Joker in a car, so they need someone more. And, and that's not to say Samoa Joe couldn't do it. I just yeah. don't know that Samoa Joe can do it. I wasn't at the I wasn't at the you know the the PC the audition. Uh, but, yeah, the audition when he was auditioning. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know what, I don't know what Samoa Joe Sweet Tooth sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, it could, it's got to be better than Will Arnett. It's got to be better than Will Arnett. Like, I mean, I mean it's yeah, no Will Arnett. The voices, though, I think that's what they want. Will Arnett, Arnett isn't gonna, he isn't gonna be funny. Will Arnett, he's gonna be Lego Batman, deep brooding voice, kind of funny 
things oh, in the deep voice. Will Peter Arnett. Pan, Will Arnett from the uh, Alvin, not Alvin Chip, but the Chippendale thing. Chippendale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. maybe that. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're going to do. They're just going to make him a deep voice and have him say some funny things. And that's why they want Will Arnett for it. He's already producing yeah. the show. So they said, hey, hop on a mic real quick. You can keep on your pajamas. It's whatever. <laughs> this is, Wait, yeah. this is because him and Bateman did. What was the other thing they did? It was another video game thing. Uh, oh, Matt Hazard, the return of Eat Lead, or some, one of those. Oh, the return it, of Matt was, Hazard, um, Eat Lead. Yeah, yes. It was I know Willard was, was, was in it. Duke Nukem mm. satire. Yeah, uh, it was satire yeah. basically every shooter, and he yeah. was Matt Hazard. And okay, but again, it was a funny game that he was playing a serious character, character. a serious role, but he's the straight man in a game that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know if Twisted Metal is just going to be a, a ridiculous thing that he's being the straight man in. Um, but I mean, yo, I I take that. That'd be dope. I I mean, like, I don't know. You got it's, Anthony Mackie in there. I I can't imagine. Well, Anthony Mackie is capable of being. Oh silly man, and stupid, but is Anthony Mackie going to be no. Axel? <laughs> they're gonna have oh, my they're, they're gonna have my nah. guy <laughs> chained up to a wheel the whole the whole he's supposed movie, to be man, he's supposed to be show. like some delivery man or something in the post apocalypse it's weird they're they're okay. not doing strictly no, one for one they're the games some other shit with this okay game. yeah okay. it's, hey, not, it's man, some I other shit entirely I don't, I don't know if i want to see Anthony it was, no that i'm <laughs> sure i don't know that he's been cast yet but that seems like a perfect terry cruz role Oh, 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 Tyr- Oh yeah. my God, <laughs> he would love. He would be like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to play that role. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think I agree with you guys. I, I just, I just wish it was better, especially like when you look at Xbox and all that stuff coming to Xbox. Um, like Game Pass to me now just seems like essential. Like not even just like, oh, you need it for for x like we own an xbox like you don't like jerry you don't own an xbox oh, right like I, so i have a physically i do have one i just right. don't plug it in right it's old and doesn't work but i don't need one and i'm not gonna buy a new one like i'm right. not gonna buy the series x if i don't have to and i for i it's gonna take some convincing to get me to have to right but, i mean like i bought an s because i played madden in a Latin league so i sure. i had to buy an s and I, and I, I just bought like my PS5 bucks. so I can like work. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I didn't want it, but I, need, I needed it. Yeah, uh, but but I like all that stuff that's coming out, and it's just going up day one. And this is where now I'm I'm aiming my sights at you, Todd Howard. Yo, how how about oh them God. just re-releasing No Man's Sky and calling <laughs> it something else? Like my t- like, look, man, I. I enjoy some Bethesda games, but usually they're like the ones with id software. And I will say, Redfall looks dope um, and everything. I just don't... I don't need my games to be so large. Like, I like a small, condensed, confined experience because then, as a developer, you have enough time to build life into that area and makes me want to explore because you have enough time to get to every nook and cranny a thousand planet for what like like literally for what took the words right out of my mouth yeah i literally i heard him talk about all that stuff for starfield and how big everything's going to be and it's less so like because here's the thing i am someone who has often said i don't like these giant games i don't want to be sitting here playing anything for 100 hours but if you make each of those 100 hours memorable and or mean something then i can be convinced like red dead redemption 2 is a great example of that where i know people have problems with that game but for me 
Yes, I still believe that game was too long, but I was there for every single second of it because it was a journey. It felt like you're doing something every single time and it all builds on top of itself for the narrative. For Starfield, I don't know what kind of story they're writing for this thing, but like I can't imagine a, a way to get me to explore a thousand planets and still be enjoying myself after the 100th. So like, yeah, that's my thing. Like, and the only the only point of reference you have is other Bethesda RPGs. Yeah, yeah. and those it's, have decent stories, but not yeah, a thousand Elder planets Scrolls, worth. Elder Scrolls <laughs> games are fine. Uh, the the narrative is not what people come for. Turns right. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that the narrative is bad. It's just that's not the memorable experience people take out of that game. It's all the other dumb shit you can do in those games. Yep. Um, I think Fallout's a great example of games that have pretty interesting sort of layered, uh, complicated narratives because things aren't so black and white. But it's just wrapped in this game that seems to never end. So it's like when people talk about Fallout, what are they talking about? Probably not about the master probably not about you know all these like all the other various little sort of narrative points they're they're, they're, they're taking the meme stuff like the vaults and all that the, yeah the, that those the settlement needs your help all that stuff yeah. right and like that's not to say that that's a bad thing or or you know better or worse especially since we have to take all this in to account when we remember and remember that the people who like play games and talk about them on Twitter and in front of microphones and write about them are not the same people who will buy this game and play it, you know, for 200 hours, yeah. every couple, like for like an hour or two at a time for the entire year. Like a lot of people who play these games don't have to move on to something in a month. Like right. they just play this forever. Um, that's been, that's why GTA is still on the NPDs for since 2015 is because people play those long games differently. Um, but the, the, I think the, iron, the irony there, though, is that I'm not seeing normal people like what they saw either. <laughs> like, I'm seeing a few. I'm seeing a few, but maybe not the overwhelming amount that, like, like the Fallout 4 reveal, yeah. everyone lost their minds, including me, for that game. Um, and, you know, Fallout 3, same thing, Skyrim, same thing. For this game... It's not quite split in the middle, but you can definitely see the split of negativity is closer to the middle with everybody. So, like, right. yeah. it seems way more mixed the reaction. And I don't know if that's yeah. just the what they decided to show, like what they decided to lean on, which I think is probably a big part. Yeah, I don't know why, and that's maybe me personally. I don't know why the size of the game and like how much time you can spend walking around in it is the selling point. I understand people like to live in the places, but you didn't show anything livable. You kind of just said the raw numbers. You didn't you didn't show an example of living in the place. So that's what I'm tempered about this game. Like I'm going to play it because I have Game Pass, and like, what is it going to be for me to download and try it? Right. Um, But like you said, Jared, I got a very big Fallout vibe. And hey, guess what the story in Fallout is? the world is depleted so like it could be expanded but like there's not there's shit there's nothing to fucking do if i'm exploring all these planets and half of these planets are inhabitable or not have not been like uh cohabitated yet and you have to build these outposts like i i would rather not i would rather yes. you build like this really cool dope planet in the future where i could be like i i've been joking i want to be like i want to create the outlaw star 
in this thing because you can create your own ship uh, and everything. And like, yeah, I would like to be a space pirate, but give me like space to pirate. Like, give me a right. planet where I can I can do all this stuff in. And then when I go and hop into a planet, because like maybe I got to go to this planet and like the block is hot and I don't want to be there. You know, like <laughs> if it's so expansive, I could just ransack a planet and be like, all right, deuces, I'm going to another star system. You'll never see me again. Like, like, like No Man's Sky. Is, that's yeah. No Man's Sky is. And that's and that, that's the problem I have with No Man's Sky is that you spend a lot of time flying around, kind of just collecting things to like check some boxes off. There are locations that have, you know, bespoke content things going on. Yeah. But none of it is really narrative focused. There's only one location that you that you return to pretty often that things are happening in. Um, the little hub thing that you can summon. But you can go to a random planet. There could be a settlement there, just some guys trading or whatever, but it's literally just that. Like these guys don't need to talk to you. Like they have nothing, they have no need for you. You have no need for them really. Mm-hmm. Um you can talk you can maybe get like a coordinate from one of them and then you go to a random place in the planet and there's something there to get, I guess. But like I'd like to know what you guys are doing and like why you guys are doing it. And if that means we don't have an algorithm pumping out an endless amount of planets but you have like a small amount of planets where there's stuff to do on them like people living there and like politics maybe like i don't know then maybe that's more interesting um and i think maybe starfield might i can't imagine a world where starfield isn't doing some of that right Um, yeah but i but no man's sky makes the exploration and finding of new planets and new solar systems trivial because literally you just there are solar systems you just have to fly through because they're on the way to something interesting right and like there are solar systems with two suns and several planets but probably things living on them that i'll never see because i don't give a shit like i need to go where i need to go and whatever i'm going to find these planets is not going to be worth a distraction and mm-hmm. you know you can look at other open worlds where even breath of the wild which i think is an open world that's maybe a little overrated but there's lots of things to there's there's so many that we get canceled can... for the shit we taught in the beginning. God, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's at least a great example in Breath of the Wild where there's there's enough things to stumble on and like find an ecosystem that was living without you. You are not the main character of, and you can leave and come back to, and something else might have happened. Like these people right. are existing without you, and they're not doing so as NPCs waiting to talk to you. Like right. the world is happening. You just yeah. happen to stumble across it. It's a, and it it's, feels like it's lived in, and it feels like it's working, and you just you're part of the call to fuck it up a little bit. Right. It's a dynamic world, right? It's like you said, it's the it's the kind of storytelling you want to tell, like as a as a game teller, right? Like I I do a lot of like uh, DMing and in game in game managing, and like when I go to build a story, like if I if I'm running a game, I don't run this expansive game that has thousands of worlds i build a very small game because then like you said i get to tell the story and show like this is a thing that's lived in and randomly generating all these different worlds really cool idea to do that but you'll never get the thing that's fun of exploring that space right like i even look at something like skyrim right skyrim has so many like different like caverns and caves to go into but because it's in a like a general part of that world of Skyrim going into each different like randomly generated cave yeah it's a different cave but that cave is very unique 
to that region. So it's a very specific type of cave that you can only be in. The geography, the the stuff that you're going to see there, it's going to be very reminiscent to other stuff that you see in Skyrim, just because of the nature of how small a scope that is. As soon as you create two different planets, planet A, planet B, even being twin planets, have to be different because mm-hmm. life has changed how planet A works as opposed to planet B. Like the how the atmosphere goes, it depends on how things go into that world. And like you guys are saying, like if I don't have to go to planet B, if like the cool shit is happening in planet A, I will never see planet B. So I don't understand why even give me that option to drive by it and stop. Stop for what? Like that would be my thing. Is like literally stop for what? I'll I'll say this. I feel like this is one of the. This is probably the last Bethesda, at least Bethesda Softworks game that was started and they worked on it before the Xbox purchase. Um, and I can tell that because I feel like a lot of the Bethesda games, at least since like Oblivion, maybe, um, they sell these games as this large, super big, expansive open worlds because if it's a big world with a lot of content, you won't trade it back in. Mm-hmm. And that was the mindset of like whatever, 2008 or whenever Oblivion came out. Um, or even earlier than that with Oblivion. Um, and they've kind of been in that same headspace ever since for making these games. Now, Starfield's coming out day one on Game Pass. You are you are being... Most people who play Starfield are going to be playing it through a subscription service where they could see any other type of game. They could play anything. So Starfield, it's not about, oh, we, we have to keep you playing because we don't want you to give the game back. It's a question of like, all right, you have to keep us engaged for all these hours. But how hard... It, or not how hard, but is it still going to be just as easy to keep us engaged that long when I could dip out of here and I could go play Scorn, I could go play Atomic Heart, I could go play any of these other Game Pass games on here, and not only that, it'll give me something unique. It will give me that bespoke that bespoke experience that I want. Shoot, Outer Wilds or shoot, Outer Wilds or Out of Worlds, both yeah, of those space games one. are on there. Yeah. And if you want a very specific story, you can go play something like that, and it won't take a hundred hours. So right. like. I don't know. Outer Worlds is a great example because it's just the game that we thought you were making. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just it's just Fallout, you know, Oblivion formula with a sci-fi situation. Exactly. That involves space travel. It's it's it, it is it is what it, what if Fallout, but also Mass Effect is right. Is, is that and that's what Starfield could be. I and there's a great chance that it that's what it is. They just the first foot forward and showing the world this game was the thing I'm not interested in. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not going to take it off the table necessarily yet. I I can't imagine this is just going to be an empty place where you just stumble across some stuff, maybe. Yeah. Also, but... why did you put any fucking hot-ass aliens in there? Like... <laughs> I'm sure it seems like I, a miss. Todd, yeah. You know what? I guarantee you'll have some because that just seems like it, we're talking about the same company that had like multiple mutants that you could have, or actually maybe just one or two mutants in Fallout 3 that you could have as companions. But I'm like, saying, you'll see them. I'm saying, like, we're, we're in space. Look, let's be completely real. You did the whole, oh, you can fly a ship because there's some fucking weirdo out there who loved the gummy ships in, in <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. It was like, Jeez. yo, but what if I had a real spaceship? No, you they're talking to the, the Kerbal Space Program people. That's what they're talking <laughs> to. You're right. But you know there's somebody who's like, I want to go 
on every planet and fuck every alien. <laughs> and you haven't you haven't shown like you showed like an alien, but it's very like it's a it's a you know it's a, a bi- monster. It was like it was like a, yeah, it was just like a regular monster. No, I need a bipedal, up walking. I'm a sexy alien like person <laughs> to show on the screen. If you want to say to actually sell money, honestly, you want money to be made. That's what you got to do. Like put or it together. If you want to, if you want the narrative to be. For the next, you know, 48 hours, all Twitter wants to do is fuck, I don't know, Shabella from Mars or whatever. <laughs> Shabella from Mars. <laughs> you could have did this. This is really easy. Oh, God. Yeah, we just need a Lady D in Venus or something. Um, right. But yeah, I don't <laughs> know. Make we'll it Lady D. <laughs> yeah, make it it's, Lady just, D. it's actually just her. Yeah, just copy paste that model. Um, <laughs> I will say, or actually, here's what I do want. Because I actually like this with that the Squatch Games thing, uh, High on Life. I was so excited for that. I'm not even like a Ricky Morty person or Justin Rowland. Like, I'm more or less yeah. indifferent to him. Um, but that game looks sick because I always say, I'm tired of aliens not looking weird. Like, all, all the fucking... How wide is this universe? And y'all keep making aliens with two legs? Like, give me these fucking weird aliens with head for hands and all this shit and like 72 eyes on their body. Like... That's the shit I want to see. High on Life is going to give that to me. I guarantee you Starfield will not give that type of shit to me at all. It's going to be like, oh, it's a weird fucking scorpion. Somehow those are on Venus. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder. Because um, Mass Effect does this too, where they're like, all right, so animals from Earth, what if they were just people you wanted to fuck? Yep. But every yeah. once in a while, just like, that's unsettling. Like the fuck, the, what are they called? Not the Volus, who are just uh, people. The other things that are just amiibos. The Vorcha. Yeah, oh. but the Russia also them. They were just like yeah. you're just unfuckable goblin creatures. But the the ones that like literally are just floating like jellyfish guys. Oh they yeah, yeah, they just kind of like look at you. <laughs> yeah, they like glow with about. their feelings or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> those <laughs> things are hilarious. Fair enough. But, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like high life looks. I, the thing that just fucked me up. I see it. I'm just like, oh, am I watching Rick and Morty or watching um um. Solar Opposites, which, by the way, this is my chance to say, Solar Opposites fucking whips. And, like, if you don't like Rick and Morty, I get it. People have ruined Rick and Morty for a lot of people. Solar Opposites is fucking great. Um, but it's just, like, I just heard Justin Roiland do the the Morty voice, and I'm like, yeah, it's just Justin. Like, <laughs> yep, I just, I, 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 I will play this game. I, I will never love it, because I'll just be like, it feels like I'm going to, like, and see, in one moment, it's like, uh, oh yeah, you gotta go ahead and shoot the guy. Oh, you gotta shoot the guy. I'm like, yep, this this sucks. Yeah, as someone who never touched Rick and Morty anything, I don't have that weight on my shoulders, so I can just enjoy it as a game. Like I said, the only time that really came in and it was great was Justin Rowland was on um, an episode of uh, Invincible, doing like a mix of like Justin Rowland's regular voice and the and the Rick, and he like plays like this frat dude who gets like his shit kicked in like the first first part of the episode but it was just great because it is justin roiland i was like that's this is not enough justin roiland just like give me a taste of justin roiland and i'm like good we can we can move forward from this (laughs) um i do want to say before we go um, i'm gonna let you guys get a chance as we uh i don't think we were i think we were very poignant what we had to say about the games industry but i do want to 
and give us a chance to talk positive about something that we have played recently. So um, I'll let you guys recommend a game. Uh, we will start, Emmett, with you. Uh, do you have a game that you have been playing? Uh, it doesn't have to be new. It could be old that you would like to recommend. I've just been... Honestly, like when we were talking about all the old school games and stuff, I've been playing a lot of like, like I've had a PC that could do it for a while, but I just never sat down and figured out how to do it. I figured out how to do it finally. Um, I've been playing some old PS2 and PSP games. Uh, I've been playing, you know what, I'll tell people this because I guarantee you this will not come to any, this will not be on PlayStation Plus because I doubt Jet Lee's estate wants to do anything with this. But Rise of Honor. No, oh not so, oh. oh, Stranglehold, I fuck with that too. But Rise of <laughs> yeah. Honor, I've been playing that, and that game holds up pretty decently. Um, if you, I'll see if you have access to it, <laughs> then definitely uh, investigate that one. Uh, it, it plays, re- I'm able to upscale it to like 1080p, it's running at 60 frames, like, it's everything I want. It's, uh, you know, your typical early 2000s uh, Hong Kong fighting game. Uh, it's really awesome, has, you know, pretty decent, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, production value for a PS2 game. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, and I'm kind of getting into a big kung fu kick. I downloaded Ghost of Tsushima through the new PlayStation Plus, and maybe I'll finally try that too after I'm done with uh, Rise of Honor. So, and I've been playing Ninja Gaiden as well, so good times yeah. all around. I downloaded Ninja Gaiden, and I was like, ah. <laughs> it's like I played this when I was in high school, and I don't remember any of it. I'm like... I need to sit down and look through. Yeah. There's no, like, they don't give you, like, the tutorial, like, here's what this button does. And it's like, oh, I need <laughs> to find a guy. Exactly. It's just like, go in and play. It's like. Literally the first time hey. I played Ninja Gaiden Sigma, I, I played it on Vita, and I got to the boss and just gave up. Like, I, there was no, it didn't teach me anything. So I was like, all right, I'm dying a million times. I'm giving up. I made it past that boss, and I just kept playing, and I'm having a good time, man. Highly recommend. I recommend all those things. If you heard me say a name, I recommend it. <laughs> uh, Jared, uh, anything that you would like to recommend that you can talk about? Uh, yes, I've been playing. <clears throat> I decided to like actually use my Game Pass subscription recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like every six months, I'm like, I'm still paying for that. I should pay play one of these games. <laughs> um, I played. A couple of them. I think the the one I'm playing now is one I'd actually recommend. It's Norco. Oh, okay. I've heard of a click adventure set in like a future, a near future um, New Orleans Um, in a, well, I guess right outside and right next to New Orleans. I guess Norco is kind of like what New Orleans becomes. Mm. Um, But it's a, you play like a, there has been another world war, um, or like a, a, or like a rebellion, in um, in the states, and you play someone who was working as like a mercenary, who is now back home to like take care of the estate of your dead mother, and it becomes like a a mystery, like how she died. You thought she died one way, but is is that true? Also, your brother's here. He's kind of a fuck up. What's going on with that? Uh, here's your family robot. That's kind of weird, right? And it, it's interesting. I, I I am finding that I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would um, as a person who does not play point-and-click adventures. And I think mm-hmm. it's because this it engages you in a way that's way more complicated than just reading text. Right. Um, mm. I think it, there's some elements that it shares with games like um, Disco Elysium, 
Mm. Another big, another heavy text sort of point and clicky. That's more like RPG ish because there are some checks and stuff you make. And there's some of that in this game too. But I like, like the way you sort of dissect information you get in Norco and try to make sense of it. And like a mind map is similar to how you decide how you're going to make your choices in Disco Elysium, where like all of your several sort of reasoning sort of mechanisms are their own characters. It's not as elaborate as Disco Elysium, but it does reminisce. It is reminiscent in that way. Um, there's three acts. I mean, I just got. I just finished Act One. I want to say a day ago, and I am on board enough that I will finish this game. Um, well, I love it. At the end of it, I'm not sure, but right now, I like it. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Norco. So, yeah, secondary recommend. Third party recommend. <laughs> Third party recommend. <laughs> Uh, there's two I want to recommend. Um, I talked about it earlier, but I really love Citizen Sleeper. Um, I am Citizen huge... Sleeper is what the talk about Citizen Sleeper is what it started me to go to Norco because I'm going yeah. to get that eventually. But I want to go back to Norco first because I don't think I would come back if I didn't yeah. think about it right now. Uh, Citizen Sleeper. It's not a long game. It's really great. Um, I'm a huge like I said. I'm a huge tabletop guy. Um, I think some of the writing is tremendous. Uh, Cameron uh, Nuzleman just did a really great article um, talking about like just some of the uh, the themes in in um, Instance and Sleeper. But yeah, I think it just came on Game Pass one day, and I was like, I'll play it. And I think I stayed up to like three o'clock in the morning playing that game. Um, it's really rad. Uh, I I'm a big sucker for um, for like uh, post post apocalyptic space stuff. Uh, like a twinge of cyberpunk in space like that's those are two of my jams so very huge into that um also uh another game that's on game pass chinatown detective agency um that game does such a really great job of like scratching the itch of like the edutainment type games uh it is a mix of carmen san diego with a little bit of like point and click adventure, a little bit of snatcher. Uh, that's like it's such a weird way of saying it, but it's really fun. Um, the only thing that sucks is, and like I get it, you know. Shout out to my people out here who out who is who are out here doing video game guides. Like it's not a very uh, thankful job. However, y'all have ruined SEO because some of these puzzles, like in the game, they ask you to Google the answers to the puzzles. Like you can look it up in the same, but they want you to Google. However, because of like how SEO on sites go, I go to Google something and then it's like, here's the answer to this puzzle. I'm like, dog, I just wanted more information. I didn't need the answer to the puzzle <laughs> I that I'm looking the puzzle for. The way asked me. <laughs> I'm just I'm googling. So like Use maybe Bing, and Bing you won't get any. Yeah, I'd say maybe <laughs> Bing is the hard mode. Like Bing is Jeez. like the Nuzlocke, yeah, or ask right Lycos uh, to get in there. Don't um, go it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Chinatown Detective Agency. I think it's a really great game. Uh, the team is not huge either. Um, it's a really uh, fun thing. I believe the I believe that the developer themselves. Uh, I I know for a fact they are of Asian descent, but I think they are actually a maybe like a, a Chinese based developer. Again, I could be completely wrong on that, so uh, don't quote me on that. I might even take that out. But um, really great. It's a really really fun game, um, and I really highly recommend it. Um, that's really it. That's like if someone was like, "What are your games of the year?" Those would be those two, and then Arceus. Like, I, I'm going to say this now. I think Elden Ring is fine, and that's it. I <laughs> think people are like, "It's the greatest game." It's like I, it's I, fine. I recently <laughs> realized that I like a lot of From Software game design concepts without mm-hmm. having played any of their games. 
So I'm gonna see how long I can keep that streak going and see if it stays funny. <laughs> I think Elden Ring is the best example of those concepts. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people maybe overspeak for the environmental storytelling in some of these Dark Souls games or whatever. Yeah, uh, but I think Elden Ring is definitely a game where you walked into something, you look yeah. around, and you're getting the story by adventuring. I don't think yeah. that's always true. I think that may have been true in Dark Souls One, maybe when it, people weren't really doing it like that before. But I think I don't know that it has been as true for mm. FromSoft since Bloodborne, maybe. Well, hey, I, I do have Dark Souls 1. I recently picked it up, so I will be trying that. But right now, I like the Surge 2, and that's, like, my favorite Souls-like. Surge 2 is hilarious. Yeah. It is is batshit crazy and stupid as hell, but it's also very fun to play. So I've been playing yeah, they, that a lot, they too. Stopped make, they, Surge 1 was, like, an over-serious version of it, and they're like, people aren't here for the story, actually. They just want to cut dudes, like, like limbs off and put them on. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. We did a games one. So for y'all who are wondering what we think about video games, there we go. Next time we come back, we, we going back to regular ridiculousness. Something, somebody's going to say something stupid. Like Auntie Diaries <laughs> 2 dropped. <laughs> like Jack Del Rio. Like between Jack Del Rio and, actually, no, I am going to go, we're going to start with some wrestling thing real quick. Because I've actually got to talk about something serious in wrestling. Um, this Jeff Hardy thing, man. Um, this is me. I'm not putting pulling anybody. You guys can comment, but I'm not pulling anybody into this. At some point, we got to stop enabling Jeff Hardy. Like sometimes, like being in front of people and like being in a public eye, it's not good for people. And I don't think it's good for Jeff Hardy, man. Like he or someone that's involved with him is going to perish because of like the action that he does. And this isn't me like saying like, Oh, Hey, you know, a moral high ground is just like for the betterment of him. I see a lot of people and, uh, Cor- uh, Corlette, uh, over at Fanbyte wrote something about this. And I think this is a very, uh, important thing to say. Like at some point wishing for him to come back in the wrestling ring isn't great because he just needs to not be in wrestling. And this is not like a punishment. It's just more like this world is not good for you and it's not healthy for you. And I don't think it is beneficial for you to do that. So, yeah. It's true. It's, there are, uh, this isn't the first time, you know, especially a wrestler has had to like maybe evaluate their relationship with the thing that they love mm-hmm. because the process of doing the thing is what's actually hurting them. When they're in the ring performing, that's one thing. But like, wrestling isn't that. Wrestling is the travel to these locations. Wrestling is the training for these locations. It's the seventeen-hour drives across country. It's the pain mitigation and management in between these shows. It's if you're depending on like the level on which you work. It's all the other sort of paperwork you manage me management sort of things you have to do to make sure you're not getting shit on by your independent contractors yeah Hmm. Uh, some of these things are are some people are just better at some of these things than others Hmm. Uh, some people can pull it together better some people have you know coping mechanisms that are more healthy or maybe not even healthy but they are not they they've managed how they manage the risk and the harm to a point where it's they've made it healthy for them a lot of people kind of have to be put in on like tight schedules and sort of be monitored a lot and kind of got to really get themselves 
engulfed and, and taken care of in a way so that they can perform, do the thing they love, and and somebody else handles all the other stuff. Right. Jeff has not figured that out. No. Um, it's weird that Jeff hasn't figured that out because of his relationship with his brother, who has figured that out pretty solidly, it seems. And how close they are. They literally live next to each other on like 100 acres of land. They share a plot together. They see each other all the time. They go places together. It's weird that they can spend so much time together, but also Jeff Jeff's danger to himself and others seems to be so isolated. Um, he's not the first person to be in this position, but he's one of the ones you can help right now. Yeah. There's a lot of people who never got that help, should have got it earlier. Yeah, um, A lot of people who are still alive that wish they got that help earlier. Yeah. Um, and and advocate and do as much as they can to advocate for taking care of themselves. Wrestling was a carny show not very long ago. It's trying it's it's att- attempted and, and it's mostly succeeded in being a an environment that can be as safe as possible and way safer than it used to be. Right. Um for the people performing, for the people who go to the shows and and just for the longevity of the people who are involved in the process. Um, Jeff lives in both worlds. He started when it was a carny show and he lives in this new place um, where there are a lot more resources. And now that he doesn't know how to get to them, has, uh, doesn't want to get to them, and no one has really made it impossible for him not to. Right? And to the credit of his current employer, they seem to be very serious about putting him on that road. I think right. well, I to mean... TL's point, I think, there, I think the road might have, just need to end. Yeah. And someone just needs to do that for him. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how you do that, but I think a, a, I think a bunch of people can figure it out. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the things like, don't get me wrong. You, I'm pretty sure you'll never hear <laughs> Jarrett like out here stopping for WWE. Right. Like we're not like we, we talked about it last episode. Like we're, we're, you know, wrestling promoters like they're not your friends. They are trying to get your money. And to to a degree, WWE. But WWE, the one of the things that I thought. I was already very skeptical when he left WWE because there were these conversations that were having that were happening again, and they basically fired him because he refused to go into um, treatment. Um, and again, how much of that is we want to cover our ass because he's going somewhere else? But then, like you see something like this happen, and then you're just you you wonder. It's like okay, like. WWE does a lot of foul shit, but they do try to make sure people don't die. If if only because that stench of like, well, be, they were they WWE under hands, right? right. <laughs> um, but I think it's also to their credit, they saw him acting erratically. He has a history of acting erratically and yeah. it being like, the cause of some sort of outside sort of drug and alcohol influence, or him just not being okay. And they took actions as if that was true because it has been in the past several documented times, right? So the reaction to them asking the question seemed really ridiculous. Like he's okay and he's telling you he's okay. He's done that all. He, all he does is tell you he's okay, and he's very clearly not been okay. Right. So the I, I the it's a warranted amount of concern when he does something like that. Yeah, it's ironic and sad that he leaves under the pretenses that he stomped out because they weren't willing to sort of let go of the past. Right when the past comes to haunt him like this, so I don't know that I even need to defend the company for their actions because they're right. they, they don't they don't need defending. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah this but, happened for a reason. Maybe right. this started earlier than we think. Right. Maybe he had been relapsing for a while. Maybe the the wear and tear he's put on his body recently, which has been extreme. 
right is part of the relapse too a lot of people have hands here responsibilities but of course the primary responsibility is on jeff himself it's yeah is on is on jeff hardy uh so yeah, uh, that would be my thing. Uh, we'll probably have more fun wrestling stuff to talk about next time. Um, but yeah, uh, just don't. And if you feel like um, you're in a spot um, that you're, you know, that you're in one of those positions, uh, please go seek out help. Uh, that's the the advice I could always give. Um, talk to somebody. Uh, talk to a licensed professional. Let me say that. Talk yeah, to a yeah. licensed talk to professional. The homies, yeah, <laughs> um, Frank can't handle know. all that. It is. It is good to talk to friends for some stuff, but if you are in a bad way, please talk to a licensed professional. Um, don't get yourself in. Uh, and I don't think it's like don't drink and drive. Uh, if and that's what Colette's thing was. What she was saying was like, hey, if he's doing this and he got caught three times, there are times where he's not got caught. That's the only way you do it, right? Is like, oh, I've never gotten caught, so uh, don't do that. But um, yeah, that was a shitty note, <laughs> Don. Uh, do you guys have anything you like to promote that's less uh, dour than what I just brought up? <laughs> um, well, I'll go real quick. Uh, over at the uh, Players Club podcast, we just hit episode one hundred. Uh, hey, congratulations! I uh, quite frankly, I'm surprised I've done something consistently that long. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we we recorded that uh, like a night or two ago. Uh, I'm literally about to go finish editing it after we're done here. So uh, yeah, you can look out for that over at VGU.TV. Um, that Kendrick review I talked about last time we did this, uh, that written review is up now. So if you want to get all the nitty gritty details, I wrote way too many words. I almost hit 10K words on that damn thing. Um, but I had a lot to say, so if you want to read that, you can see that and wait a couple more days for the video review. I'll do it when I'm not tired after work. Um, and that's more or less it. Uh, things are going to keep going. Things are going to keep moving. Video games are going to keep happening. Hopefully no one's drinking and driving now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Jared, anything you'd like to promote there, my friend? Twitter. <laughs> That's all on Twitter. I just did a preview for Cuphead that will be released or be releasing pretty soon based on when you hear this. So that's old news. I don't really have any new news right now. But if I did, it'd be on my Twitter. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Turbo Bison. Um, got projects underway that I can't really tell you guys about yet. Uh, but I will say live from the pool house starts recording back up. Um, you will hmm. hear this episode on Wednesday. You will hear live from the pool house. One that me and Sonya recorded about two months ago that I didn't put out cause I didn't have a follow up episode after that, um, on Friday, but then we start recording again. Uh, Sonya is back. Her game, uh, was shown, uh, again, it's the, uh, Facebook, uh, walking dead game. Looks really great. Uh, it's a story. Um, a lot of native characters in there. Uh, one of the uh, one of the things I'm very excited about. Very happy for Sonya in her video game quest. But we're going back at it. We're going to start talking about Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which I know people who are listening to this are excited for. Um, but yeah, I also have, I have, like I said, I have other projects going on uh, that you guys will hear about uh, soon. Uh, when I put a date on something, so August 30th, an announcement's coming. Um, 
sure, bro. Temper your <laughs> temper your excitement, but bring bring your wallets. How about that? That's what I'll say. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's really about it. Um, for Emmett, for Jarrett, uh, I'm TL. This has been the thing. You enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it. All right, you better have. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right, and.